You have reached the voicemail box of Speed Dial with Ira Madison III and Doreen St. Felix. It's our holiday episode, so this week we're discussing the Black Holiday Film Canon, Black Christmas Music, and The War on Christmas. Leave a message. Ira, it's almost Christmas, so you know what that means. I'm about to watch The Best Man Holiday for the 11th time. Call me back. I want to hear about your favorite Negro Christmas films. Doreen, you know I haven't seen no damn Best Man Holiday. I don't even understand how you can call yourself black without seeing that movie. It is, it's our, what's that movie with Rosebud? It's our Citizen Kane. That's what the Best Man Holiday is, Ira. (laughs) (laughs) Woo. I thought I was going to be the crazy one this week because I'm still on No, I'm lit. I'm hungover and ready. You, (laughs) you are on something. First of all, okay, so... When Best Man Holiday came out, Three I years realized ago. I had never seen any of the Best Man movies. So I bought the Best Man on DVD and tried to watch it. The Best Man is horrible. I don't, I don't quite understand what you're getting at here. The first Best Man is a horrible movie. The first Best Man is a great black ensemble film. <laughs> I'm not sure what Tay Diggs and Nia Long and Terrence Howard, how that amounts to something that's bad. But I guess I'm kind of interested in your opinion, sort of, not really. (laughs) I mean, Tay Diggs and Terrence Howard are currently on Empire, and that's bad. (laughs) that's, That's a little bit unfair, if you ask me. This movie was made in 1999. And Nia Long is joining Empire as well, and it's still going to be bad. So riddle me that. So is Empire going to be like the third best man movie? (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be the fourth one. This group of friends, um, they meet like 14 years later, you know, before they were like young and and horny and figuring out life. But now they've settled into adulthood. And it's like the saddest Christmas movie I've ever seen. And everybody knows it's like almost a rule that Christmas movies have to be absolutely depressing because what's more depressing than gathering your family and your friends in one place? And this one ends with like such a tragic death so basically lance who's played by morris w- chestnut don't tell me oh sorry <laughs> i'm gonna watch it i don't Damn, know you're gonna is, watch you it are, you are like the worst person to recommend a movie ever <laughs> you really gotta see this movie ira oh by the way this person dies at the end it's obvious she's gonna die in like the first five minutes calm your tits okay well you know what let <laughs> I was hoping it was going to be a twist. Like, why did I get married too? Where the husband dies after um, a trans person hops out of a birthday cake. (laughs) I'm not familiar with this film. (laughs) (laughs) Have you not seen Why Did I Get Married Too? No, why do we have such weird gaps in our black movie? um, Okay, you know what? I am going to ruin that movie because it's awful. 
But Janet Jackson's husband is like cheating on her, going to get divorced, whatever. Anyway, she sends a birthday cake uh, to his office and a transgender woman or maybe a drag queen. I don't really know what Tyler Perry was going for. Um, hops out of the cake and embarrasses him at work and everyone's laughing at him and he's chased outside into the street and gets hit by a car. That man so wild. (laughs) The movie ends, like all of the conflicts in the movie end at the hospital because Janet Jackson is in tears as she yells at them, um, stop it. Fix this. <laughs> Wait, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it might have been Jill Scott who did that to her oh husband. Oh, my God. It sounds like a Jill Scott thing. Absolutely. I think I think Janet's husband just, like, poured vodka all over her face. <laughs> Is this also a Christmas movie? Uh, no, it's like a summer movie. <laughs> so what's your favorite black Christmas movie. Well, this isn't my favorite, but every year my family ends up watching Holiday Heart, which is perhaps the most depressing Christmas movie ever. I don't know about it. Wait, you have not seen this movie with Alfre Woodard and Ving Rhames? No. <laughs> that Darn already me. sounds... Listen, whenever they put Alfrey in a movie, you know that shit is going to make you heave in tears. Oh, my God. She is like she is like a crack addict. Um, and we need to leave her alone. She, like, loses custody of her daughter. And Ving Rhames um, is gay um, and also a cross-dresser drag queen. <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, these 90 movies, you never know whether someone is just a drag queen or whether they're supposed to be trans because no one was really trying to check for accuracy back then. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, Ving Rhames dresses as a woman and he takes care of the daughter while Alfrey is spun out on the crack. <laughs> and obviously the movie has a very tragic ending. Oh, my goodness. I'm looking at photos of this right now, and it looks so ridiculous. Why do they have Ving Rhames in, like, a... They have him in, like, a George Washington lace front. Like, what are these soft curls? (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, Alfre Woodard deserved an Oscar for that movie, okay? It's better than Manchester by the Sea. (laughs) Oh, my God. So there has to be... A movie that we've both seen, right? Have you seen A Diva's Christmas Carol? Of course, I have seen Vanessa Williams's iconic film, A Diva's Masterpiece. A Diva's Christmas Carol. <laughs> it is a masterpiece, which, so. <laughs> yes, it is a masterpiece. Uh, it also airs on VH1 um, 20 times a day when Christmas rolls around. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of like, I would say it's the original 
Um, she's like the original Miranda Priestly in this movie. So essentially, it is a recapitulation of a very classic story called um, A Christmas Carol. And Vanessa Williams is like the first black Scrooge. <laughs> she plays this famous <laughs> singer whose name is Ebony Scrooge. <laughs> It's so this. I believe this one straight to VHS, right? <laughs> no, it. Um, I think it was like a VH1 original holiday movie. Oh, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like sixteen years old. It came out um in two thousand, but it's just such a classic. She is like a bitch in this movie, like you have never seen. Um, obviously. Scrooge has to hate everyone for Mm -hmm. A Christmas Carol to work. But she is, like, overboard in this film. She's also sort of, like, a mix of what you would assume, like, Diana Ross, like, Dina Jones from Dreamgirls is Mm -hmm. mixed with, you know, like, an evil Beyonce. Like, she's a (laughs) light-skinned woman who was in a singing group. And she went on to have a solo career and left um, those jigaboos behind. Oh, my God. PSA, white people listening to our podcast, you can't say jigaboo. That's not like a little fun phrase. It's it's very racially loaded. (laughs) (laughs) I'm giving you the gift of education this Christmas. (laughs) Woo. Um. Watch School Days, if you don't know what that (laughs) word means. A Spike Lee joint. Speaking of, do you think, this is like a real life question. Mm -hmm. Do you think Trump is going to be visited (laughs) by three ghosts in the White House? And they're all going to be former slaves. It's going to be like (laughs) Sally Hemings. Actually, what if three ghosts visited him for Christmas this year and he, like, changed his mind like Hollywood movie magic and became a good person? Listen, I would pay all those ghosts. I don't know if they have money or currency in heaven, but my ass would be like, thank you for saving our lives. (laughs) (laughs) Doubt it's going to happen, though. Oh, I think we've forgotten about the... Best one of all. I think I know what you're talking about. but The Preacher's Wife. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. The Preacher's Wife is the ultimate black movie with two of the most iconic black performers in history starring in it. Whitney Houston and Denzel Washington. You know what? It get like, I get like a little sad whenever I think about this movie because you know if Whitney were still alive and, um, you know, not on the Alfre Woodard in Holiday Heart, if you know what I mean. Stop. Um, there would be a preacher's wife too. Absolutely. And it's like, I can't, every actor in this movie is actually now getting their dues for how good they are. Like Courtney B. Vance, 
You know, he plays the priest in that movie or the pastor, excuse me. Loretta Devine is in it. Jennifer Lewis, who's the funniest person on earth, is in this movie. And um, I think it's like, we're talking about it as a Christmas movie, but in terms of being like a romantic film, the fact that Penny Marshall directed it and that um, she, you know, cast it, cast a black story in a way that to is just like absolutely classic and totally iconic. I think that's why I love it so much because a lot of the times like black Christmas movies can feel a little bit phoned in. Like I didn't see Almost Christmas, which came out this year. That's the one starring Monique or whatever. But there is very much like a formulaic take to the black holiday movie. Well, I heard Almost Christmas was good. Um, However, a friend of the podcast who, you know, I love dearly, um, said that they wanted to see Almost Christmas with me. And then when I asked them, let's go see Almost Christmas, they said that they had already seen it. So, fuck you. You know who you are. (laughs) You ruined my Christmas. Can you just tell us who they are? I am not going to put Joaquin Ferreira on blast like that, okay? (laughs) If I were going to say his name, I would say it. But I have not said it. So, anyway, The Preacher's Wife was, yes, done by Penny Marshall because low-key, white people, like, can make really good black movies sometimes. Sometimes. It's got to be the right white person. Mm -hmm. Like, Tate Taylor cannot make a good black movie to save his life. The help (laughs) is trash. But Penny Marshall made The Preacher's Wife and it is iconic. And Steven Spielberg made The Color Purple, which is also iconic. For the longest time, I thought that a black director had made that movie. And Amistad. The Color Purple? Yes. I did not know. <laughs> <laughs> and The Preacher's Wife. I thought these these were all like some amazing black director who I didn't know who he was. But, you know... The Color Purple, I mean, I think it's kind of weird that Steven Spielberg makes as many black movies as he does. But The Preacher's Wife, I I wouldn't, I'm not going to like loop it into that anymore. And, you know, he's the only person who can make a movie on Martin Luther King Jr. by reproducing his quotes because he owns all of Martin Luther King Jr.'s quotes. Oh, shit. And that's that's why Selma didn't have any original um, speeches by MLK. Because the white man owns him. Well, you know what? I feel like his gift to us is to continue to make good black movies. Maybe Steven Spielberg needs to make us a black Christmas movie next year. He, sh- I feel like during the Trump era, he should exclusively make black films, to mm-hmm. be honest. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm checking out Steven Spielberg's biography because I was wondering like, if he had a black wife or something. <laughs> Because I was like, why is he so obsessed? But then I remembered it's George Lucas who has the black wife. Yeah. And it still didn't help him put any black people in any of his Star Wars movies (laughs) until J.J. Abrams took it over. But to get back on the Christmas tip, 
now we're going to talk about black Christmas music. You know, this I'm calling this conversation. I'm going to call it St. Nicholas. Are you with me on this? <laughs> and-, and you tried to come for me for talking about Steven Spielberg's collard green. <laughs> So the, we decided that The Preacher's Wife is, like, bar none, best Black Christmas movie ever. And it also has one of the best just, like, R&B albums of all time as its soundtrack. Everybody is on this. Babyface is on it. My girl Annie Lennox is on it. You know she has the haircut, as they call it, so she's sort of black in a way. Um, Kirk Franklin, Kirk did a little something on it. It's just, like... You can put it on, basically you can put it on like during Christmas dinner and it like nobody would even blink because it's just such a good collection of songs. Right. Whitney's I Believe in You and Me is on this album and Mm -hmm. I mean that song is massive. It absolutely is. This album sold, like, millions of copies. It was nominated for Grammys. It's really hard for movie soundtracks to stand on their own. But The Preacher's Wife absolutely does. Yeah. Well, if we're talking about Black Christmas albums, we certainly have to discuss Eight Days of Christmas. This is an iconic Christmas album by Destiny's Child. I think it's... Oh, actually, this year is its 15th anniversary. So... Peep these lyrics. On the eighth day of Christmas, my baby gave to me a pair of Chloe shades and a diamond belly ring. <laughs> B was, she was wearing diamond belly rings a lot back then. <laughs> On the sixth day of Christmas, my baby gave to me a crop jacket and dirty denim jeans. <laughs> oh my God, this sounds like the stock list at Forever 21. <laughs> <laughs> This is this is some Twitter honey's um, Amazon wish list. Oh my god, it's like an Instagram boutique. <laughs> That's like the captions for all of their photos. Uh, this is speak. everything Cory Booker got his Instagram poet girlfriend for Christmas. Oh my god, uh, so iconic! I love a good capitalist. Christmas song. Um, on the first day of Christmas, my baby gave to me quality T-I-M-E. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly the girls wrote the lyrics on this song. <laughs> Beyonce. <laughs> what oh were you doing? God, I love it. You know what? I I love that you brought that album up because when I think of black Christmas music, it's always only ever one of two extremes. Really classic, amazing, austere, like Nat King Cole and his daughter, Natalie Cole, mm-hmm. you know, or Donny Hathaway. Or Eartha or Kitt, it's like, Santa Baby. Yeah, or it's like really trashy, <laughs> like overly hip-hopped music. Like, I believe Trey Songs has a Christmas song now. <laughs> um, and she's not black, but Ariana Grande's Christmas album, you know. Christmas like and an, Chill an is, like a, is a hoe anthem. 
really that is. album is for thoughts only. <laughs> With it this Christmas. Um, yeah, I think that I think it it counts as a black um, Christmas album. The perfect example of a pop music star who makes Christmas music that is actually good and isn't trying to be like overly hoish or whatever is the one and the only Mariah Carey. And Mariah Carey is black, first of all, so let's clear that up for some of y'all who are on the internet saying otherwise. So she's a black woman who makes black Christmas music. And second of all, this entire conversation about black Christmas music was like really just us biding time so we could talk about Mariah Carey. She has really reached like peak Christmas this year. Obviously, she's been sowing this seed for over a decade, right? All I want for Christmas is you. She's very festive. Very festive. She put out a um, Mac collection that's very glittery. It gives you like a lot of holiday vibe. Her show, her reality show, obviously deals with with Christmas. I am so happy that she has, like, found her lane. Like, I think it's amazing that instead of trying to, like, hang on to youth that isn't really there anymore or trying to, like, you know, do the shit that Usher does where he makes all these, like, EDM songs and he sounds like shit, she's just like, you know what? I'm going to be the queen of Christmas. And that means I will be forever relevant. Right, because she jumps to number one every Christmas. She's like, Morocco, Monroe, you're going to get your gifts this year from the same song that I wrote like 15 years ago. It's amazing. Can you imagine just the residuals? Like, I could live off the residuals. So all I want for Christmas. That's what we need to do, Ira. We need to write one really good Black Christmas song and then just never work again. We've talked a little bit about Black Christmas, but what we have not discussed (laughs) is White Christmas, which is constantly fraught and under attack. Um, I actually feel like blessed to be Black during the holiday season because white people are constantly living in, you know, Chris Rack, Iraq Miss. The war on Christmas is real. It was best exemplified this season by a message left by Ben Carson. Dr. Ben Carson, excuse me. He's about to be in the administration, so I should be referring to him by his title. Count Chocula is his official title. (laughs) Count Chocula, secretary of cereal. (laughs) Um, he tweeted this photo of cinnamon sticks and star anise and all these lovely winter spices. And on it, it said season's greetings, right? And all these Christmas justice warriors got on his ass in the comments and were like, it's Merry Christmas. You know, season's greetings is cowardly. Stop trying to attack and erase Christmas. And his team actually took the message down (laughs) because it was so contentious. 
because these people, you know, especially because he's a Negro interlocutor, they're already on higher alert. And so he got gathered because he said season's greetings. Can I say that I love that the biggest problem for conservative white people during Christmas is the fact that people say happy holidays. (laughs) I just, it feels like mass hysteria, you know? It, It almost feels like someone ironically was like, ha ha, like people are attacking this stupid holiday. And then over time, people actually got serious about it. Because I can't understand the logic of it is an attack on Christmas to say happy holidays. Like, there's other holidays. That other way people celebrate, you know? <laughs> there's so many white people who celebrate Hanukkah. <laughs> Hanukkah is also a white holiday. <laughs> the funniest part is that Fox News and other conservative outlets run with this shit every year because they know it gets people riled up and they know they can get easy ratings by talking about the war on Christmas. Megan Kelly puts on her Santa hat and she goes all the way in. Remember last year she was telling people that Santa was white. <laughs> Santa is She was like white. assuring she was assuring all the like frightened white children that the person who comes who breaks into their house every year is a white man, not a black one. <laughs> you know, I remember when I was in college, um, I made this joke like about not believing in Santa Claus, um, and I was like, you know, my mama wants me to know that she bought my presents, not some white man, and. I remember this crazy white girl got really offended and was like, you don't have to make things about race. And, you know, this was like 2006 and I was just in college, you know, wasn't the young activist I am now with a (laughs) well-oiled brand. But I just want Sarah, you know who you are, girl, to know that if she tried that shit with me this year, she would get scalped. I would have dragged her from here to Sunday. And she would be joining GoFundMe Twitter to get a new wig. But listen, she has people on her side now, right? She really does. Because this shit, there are warriors out here. They're not going to let you and your, you know, activists kin take their holiday away from them. Listen, Aleppo is under siege Russians are hacking the United States and their elections, but last week, Fox News sent out a tweet that said, for the eighth year in a row, Barack Obama releases a Christmas card that says, Happy Holidays. I think the great irony regarding the war on Christmas, and people point it out every year, is how much the person who Christmas is named for, Jesus, H. Christ, is everything that Republicans hate today. He definitely was not a white person. He um, was married. He was born out of wedlock to a nominally single teen mother. He was poor. He loved the poor. He, you know, would go into the temple and throw tables over because he did not respect the authority and what they were doing. 
He was a brown man, probably with dreads. He got executed by the state. He is everything that Republicans hate. But the power of white delusion is that you can flip whatever sign or symbol exists in the world and make it reflect you. And Jesus himself hated false gods and, you know, big gaudy shit. And these people literally just elected Trump, who has a gold hotel erected in his name. Could you imagine if Jesus was like out and about right now and he saw that shit? He, Jesus would be like, you remember that kid who climbed the Trump building a couple of months ago? That would be Jesus trying to get in there and spray paint shit and take shit down. Jesus would not be having that. That's my man, my my black man, Jesus Christ. The H stands for Hakeem. <laughs> uh, um, I think um, before we go... We just want to say happy holidays to everyone who <laughs> listens to Speed Dial. Oh, we want to say happy holidays. We want to say have a great Festivus. Mm-hmm. Um, we also want to say happy Kwanzaa. Yes. Um, happy, you know, goat worshiping day to, you know, the pagans mm-hmm. and cultists out there. Yes. Happy Hanukkah. To our Jewish friends. Of course, last but not least, Merry Black Christmas to everybody out here. We don't celebrate white Christmas, Mm -hmm. um, as this episode, I think, has shown. I dreamed of a white Christmas once, and Freddy Krueger tried to kill me in it. So, (laughs) happy Black Christmas. This episode of Speed Dial was produced by Michael Catano, James T. Green, Mukta Mohan, and Kasha Mahalowicz for the MTV Podcast Network, with additional engineering by Little Everywhere. You can subscribe to this and all of our other shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you can find your favorite podcasts. Hold up. 